welcome to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hi. Okie dokie. So B promises to keep her uh, boobs under control tonight. They're just out of control. Off the chain at the moment. Just like, <laughs> I want everyone to see them. <laughs> That you get started only fans. Really, really bad. I think there needs to be a show only fans. What the sounds of it? <laughs> Just for my boobs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's the boobs only fan. It's not bees uh, only fan. Only boobs. Only boobs. Exactly. <laughs> only boobs. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh god, I don't know. It's this nighty. <laughs> my favorite one but maybe i shouldn't wear it when people are present <laughs> anyway <laughs> on that note tonight we're going to talk about a case that i think i might have heard about it briefly years ago but i was recently reintroduced to it on the podcast one minute remaining so this is a really cool new podcast that's come out it's not necessarily like a deep dive podcast or anything but the host um, jack speaks to people from prison Um, and these are usually well they are generally people who claim that they're innocent so it's all his uh phone calls with these people and it's really very interesting and one of the cases was this case that we're going to talk about tonight so so one such person that jack speaks to is a lady named uh darice moore or diddy as she is called she is in prison for the murder of a man named abraham shakespeare Now, of course, because we're talking about it, there's some doubt as to whether or not she actually is guilty. And it's an interesting case with pretty unique features. So I thought, let's talk about it. So our victim is a man named Abraham Shakespeare, who is a labourer in Miami, Florida. Abraham is a 40-year-old African-American man at the time who grew up very, very poor Uh, poor and dropped out of school after year seven and so he was essentially illiterate as well his younger life was a mixture of prison stints for burglaries and you know low-paying laboring jobs when he was out of jail so you can kind of get the idea of the sort of person that we're talking about here on november 15 2006 abraham was traveling with a co-worker michael ford when they did a survey stop to buy some drinks and cigarettes. Now, Michael's doing the run-in and he asks Abraham if he wants anything. And Abraham says, you know what, grab me a couple of lotto tickets. And he gives him $2 for them. I mean, first of, first of all, cheap. Like a dollar for a lotto ticket? What the hell? Like that's, wow. That's really cheap. I might actually do lotto if that was that cheap. <laughs> so lo and behold, Abraham goes on to win the jackpot with one of these tickets. In America, you've got two choices with the lotto. So over here in Australia, if you win lotto, let's say you win $5 million, you get $5 million. It's tax-free. That is your money. That is it, right? Damn straight. Damn straight it is. In America, you have to pay tax on that. So you might win $5 million, but you only actually see $3 million of it. And also you have two choices in America of how you can receive your money. So either you get it paid in a lump sum or you can have it paid over 30 years. So for, and, and if you get it paid over 30 years, you actually end up getting more. So for Abraham, he had a choice of either getting a lump sum of $17 million or he got it paid over 30 years and he would end up with eventually $30 million. 
So he chooses lump sum. I mean, I get it. Maybe you don't live another 30 years. He's already 40. Maybe he's not going to live till 70. You know, you never know how he's thinking at that time. So he chooses the lump sum of $17 million. So two things happen. Firstly, Abraham goes to town spending. He's just like, make it rain, baby. And Mm -hmm. he just, yeah. I mean, and you know, I can't say I wouldn't be like this. I'd probably make it rain if I won that much money as well. But I think specifically we've got someone here who has never had money. I'd literally make it rain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just like go and lay in a pile of cash. No, like I'd literally make it rain just because I would have the money to make it rain. Like I would pay <laughs> someone to f- make it physically rain. I feel like if they, they knew how to do that, they would have so- solved a lot of droughts. Oh, don't even open that door. Oh, no, I'm not getting into any conspiracy zones. <laughs> don't. It, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> not so, a conspiracy. So Abraham is like flush with cash and he is living his best life. He ends up buying a million dollar house in a gated community, cars, watches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The second thing to happen is that Michael wants his cut. He accuses Abraham of stealing the tickets from his wallet. He says that he Abraham never asked him to get tickets and he never gave him money or anything like that. And instead, he stole those tickets from his wallet when he wasn't looking. Which, I mean, come on, when? When did he steal the tickets? Like, he's sitting there in the car next to you, for goodness sakes. So I call bullshit on Michael, for starters. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Could be sneaky. Yeah, it could be sneaky, but I don't know. I just feel like this is a case of sour, sour eggs, you know? Yeah, pretty much, probably. Yeah. So Michael actually sues Abraham for a million dollars and the court is like, lol, no. <laughs> like the case just gets thrown out straight away. But Michael's pissed off, right? Like he he feels like he has owned something at this moment. So over the next couple of years, there are a lot of people with their hands out and Abraham seems to not be able to say no at all. And he gives away a lot of money, unfortunately, doing this. So he ends up with a lot of people just sort of showing up out of the woodwork like, hey, man, I really need money for this or I really need a house or I need a car or whatever. And I guess he just can't say no to them. So he goes through his money pretty damn quickly. Then we have the entry of Dee Dee Moore. Now, Abraham had got some media attention for giving away a lot of money because he would bought a lot of people houses and cars as well as giving away cash. Dee Dee was a businesswoman and had a few different businesses over the years. She claimed that she was already wealthy uh, when she met Abraham. She claims that she introduced herself to him so that she could write a book about him. Apparently, she was already an author and was looking for her next project, and this rags to riches story sounded good. It was also sort of a rags to riches and back to rags again story. So I guess that, you know, that's pretty interesting, I suppose. Hmm. So they spend some time together, get to know each other, start a friendship up. And this is where we have the story split in two different directions. At the end of both stories, though, Abraham is dead and Dee Dee has a whole lot of his assets in her name. So initial thoughts. Hmm. Hmm. Pretty convenient. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look good, right? He's no. kid and she's got all of his stuff. Like it, it looks yeah. like typical black widow sort of scenario right yeah and she's writing a book so what's his assets got to do with her writing a book 
Yeah, exactly. It sounds a little bit dodgy on the surface of things for sure. Yeah. So did we have a case where she saw a guy giving away money and she wanted her cut as well? Well, this was the official narrative that the prosecution put forth. So I guess let's have a look at how things unfolded before we hear Dee Dee's version of events. So on November 9th, 2009, three years after the lotto winning, Abraham's family report him missing. They actually hadn't seen him since April that year and had hoped that he had actually like left the country and was enjoying what was left of his money because everyone was a little bit worried about him. You know, he's giving away all of his money. He only had a little bit left. So I guess everyone was just sort of hoping that he just cut and run basically. But you see, Abraham had a child that he stayed close to and he was also really close to his mum as well. So when no one heard from him for a while, about six months, alarm bells began to ring. And it likely just would have faded away as another missing missing person's case if it was not for Trisha Griffith, who owns the WebSleuths website, who heard about this case as just a passing interest and took a special interest in the case and started doing her own web research. And she dug really, really deep. This got the attention of Marissa Green, who was a reporter local to the area, and had also heard about the case and wanted to look into it deeper as well. So Marissa goes to Abraham's neighbourhood and goes and has a speak to his friends as well. And nobody knew where he was. Everyone was like, yeah, we haven't seen him for six months either. I, I don't really know where he's gone or anything. But they did mention that Abraham had a business partner, though, a white woman who had been living in his house all this time. Now, this led to WebSleuth looking into the home and they found that it was now owned by Didi's company, American Medical Professionals. So WebSleuth just like goes off. It's like, we're looking into this, something shady is going on, we need to work this out. And Didi must have heard about this because she starts posting as herself on WebSleuth, denying involvement. Then we have a mystery tip come in and we still don't really know where it came from. But it leads police to a property that's owned by Dee Dee, where the body of Abraham is found buried with concrete poured over the top. So still not looking great for Dee Dee. <laughs> like, not going to lie, looking pretty bad for you, love. Yes, it is. <laughs> and the police are on to her. Like, we have the police involved now. And they find out some seriously disturbing stuff. So based on account activity and sightings, yes. It's believed that Abraham is killed on around April 6th or 7th, 2009, and his body is found the following January. In that time period, Dee Dee not only lived in his house, but she tried to make it look like Abraham was still alive at the same time. She made phone calls and texts from his phone to his family members, apparently getting a man to pretend to be him on the phone speaking to his mum. And his family are just like, who is this? Like, they know his voice. They know that it's not Abraham. Also, he isn't one to really text either because, I mean, let's remember, he's illiterate. He doesn't really do the whole writing, reading thing. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden he's got these really articulate texts coming from his phone and, you know, people started to get a little bit suspicious. So they would text him back and ask him questions that only Abraham would know and get nothing back. Yeah. She apparently offered the mother of his child a $200,000 home if she would tell detectives that she had seen him recently and she sent his son a birthday card with $5,000 inside it. 
It was then discovered that two months before he died, Didi had opened up a joint bank account with him and put a large sum of money into it. She then spent $1 million on a Corvette, a Hummer and a string of holidays. So, of course, police are very, very interested in Didi. They start to surveil her and they notice that she's dealing a lot with a man named Greg Smith, who actually used to be Abraham's boss and had lent $65,000 from him. Apparently, Didi had promised to forgive the debt to Greg if he helped her make it look like Abraham was still alive. So he was the guy that was calling the family members and pretending to be Abraham. Police ultimately end up with a stri- end up striking a deal with Greg to become an informant, and he agrees. And he goes on to record his conversations with Dee Dee. Now, Dee Dee never actually confesses to anything in these conversations. In fact, she maintains in her conversations with Greg that she had assumed that Abraham had left town and she that he was just laying low for a little bit and she was just trying to take the focus off him until he reappeared. Eventually, she does admit that he could have been murdered by drug dealers. So then the police decide to put a sting into operation. I mean, it's crazy so far, right? I mean, what are your thoughts about this whole thing? It sounds pretty obvious, right? Yes. I mean, there's nothing really that says that she's innocent so far. Oh. <laughs> Although she hasn't confessed to Greg, and, you know, you'd think that there would have been some sort of conversation by now. Yeah, Maybe. They get Greg to convince Dee Dee that she should pay a fall guy to take the blame for the murder because the heat's now on her. She maintains in those recordings, though, that she did nothing to Abraham, but she says that she realised that he probably has been killed and she knows that the heat's on her as well. Yeah. So she gets Greg to set up a meeting with this fall guy, who, of course, is actually an undercover agent. And she offers him $50,000 to take the blame for killing Abraham. So, of course, she is caught. This doesn't look great for her either. What are your thoughts at this point? Guilty. Guilty AF. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this stage, I don't really have anything that leads me to doubt her guilt. Let's just say. Yeah. So not long after this tip is received and Abraham Abraham's body is found, Dee Dee is convicted of first-degree murder. And this is really where it was in my mind until I listened to the one-minute remaining podcast. So like I said, I'd heard about this case before um, and it was just like this crazy thing happened where this woman like conned a guy out of his lottery winnings and then killed him and that's sort of where it was in my brain. Yeah. Then I listened to this podcast and, you know, it's a different version of events. Now, I'm not going to say how I feel one way or the, or the other at this point yet, but let's just lay out what Dee Dee's story is. And it is as follows. She meets Abraham via wanting to do the book. Yep, cool, we know that, that's fine. At this point, she claims that he has given away most of his money and has about $1 million left. She says that Abraham hadn't bought his home with cash but had taken out a loan which is weird because you've got the cash, why not use it? But she said that he wanted to build up a credit rating because he didn't have it. Either he didn't have a credit rating or he didn't have a good credit rating. So he thought if I get a mortgage, I can get a credit rating. Yeah. So therefore now he has a house payment that he's got to make. And it's quite big because he's in a in an expensive house. Yeah. Now, something that's actually pretty amazing in this case is that Dee, Dee must have known that a certain level of shadiness was going down or 
She just wanted to keep info for her book, maybe. I don't know. But she recorded most of her conversations with Abraham for some reason. So she says that she has the audio of Abraham on the phone to the bank trying to sort out the fact that he couldn't make his payments. So he, this shows he didn't have much cash left. She decides she's going to help him out. Now, she starts to pay his bills for him. She says that she did this because she figured she was going to get rich off the book and the movie rights and everything, so she might as well help him out now and recoup her losses later. Regarding the supposed $1 million uh, that she ended up taking from him, she says, well, the lavish holidays that they claim that she took with that money, she actually took those and she has proof that she took those before she even met Abraham, so they weren't a factor. She doesn't really explain the cars though, because so I remember she, I think it was a Corvette and a Hummer that she bought. So not yeah. she doesn't really ever explain that. So Dee Dee says that Abraham was worried about the fact that he was being sued by Michael and he didn't want to have that money sitting in his account, seeing as he may lose it. And yeah. you know, if he was ordered to pay his ex-colleague. His answer to this apparently was to lend money to drug dealers and live off the money they paid him back in installments. So thoughts. I just don't know about this shit. I mean, come on. Is that a good idea to lend money to drug dealers and then hope that they're going to pay you back in installments? No. <laughs> they're drug dealers. They don't do that. No, they're going to take your money and then run. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. What about the whole situation? Like she's there as his knight in shining armour. She's going to help get him out of his financial issues. Um, but, like, how does she know that the book's going to be successful and that she doesn't? There's going to be a movie. Like, yeah, what if nobody cares? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying the book. I might see the movie if it comes out on Netflix, but I'm not buying the book. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just seems a big jump. She seems very sure of, it, of herself. I know. It sounds very bizarre. And um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of red flags here to me. And, yeah. Of course, there's no proof of her story either, except yeah. for, you know, she does have these recordings that she did record with Abraham. Now, this drug dealer narrative, though, it features throughout Dee Dee's story, and she says that she was terrified to tell the truth because the drug dealers were actually threatening her and her son's lives. So, yeah. you know, that's why it doesn't come out in court. So she never uses the drug dealer sort of angle when she's at court. So, yeah. She was like, that's because I was worried. They're drug dealers. They've obviously already killed Abraham. Why, what's to say they're not going to come and kill me and my son as well? So yeah. she doesn't really push that narrative until afterwards, which is a bit weird to me. Yeah. I am here. I'm just off screen. So they don't want to give the money back, uh, obviously, because they're drug dealers and why would they? Uh, yeah. And they threaten Abraham that if he comes after it, comes after the money, they will kill him. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, something that I would expect from drug dealers, to be honest. So the main person involved, according to Dee Dee, is a man named Ronald. Now, she says, she actually says to detectives in the early days that she was sure it was Ronald, the drug dealer, that killed Abraham. So Dee Dee is adamant that Abraham was still alive well into May, as his mother said that she saw him right before Mother's Day. And this is probably an area where, like, I'm starting to buy Dee Dee's story a little bit in this in this area. So there's a couple of things that do suggest that he wasn't actually killed in April. So first of all, mum saw him uh, yeah. before Mother's Day, so that would, would be in the start of May. 
He also took a paternity test for his ex-girlfriend's baby on April 28th. So that's something that would actually be reasonably easy to prove because the lab would have had dates and stuff. Mm -hmm. A couple of other people she knows says that they saw him in August as well. Mm -hmm. She says leaving was always on the cards for him. He'd been talking about it a lot. And he, she actually has recordings of him saying this. So, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that yeah. she did think that he might have just walked off and that was it. So then we have the issue of Abraham being found on her property, his body. She says that the $1 million he had remaining had been frozen for whatever reason. She helped him go through the proceedings to get it unfrozen. And I don't know whether this there was suggestion that this could have had to do with like um, child support payments that he might have owed or maybe it was being held while he was being sued or something but she went through the process with him to get it unfrozen now yeah. once he's got this million dollars back and it's essentially his last million dollars he doesn't want it in a bank he doesn't want it where child support or people suing him can get it so he wants to bury it so yeah. he says to her and she's actually got him on tape saying I, I want to bury it I do not want to have it at a bank I want to go out somewhere dig a big hole, bury it, and pour concrete over the top of it. So she allows him to bury it on one of her properties. It's like a vacant office building on a large block. Yeah. So they go, they hire an excavator, they dig a big hole, they bury it, and then they have concrete poured over the top. This spot where the money was apparently buried is where Abraham's body would be eventually found. So red flag central, really. I don't know. What do you th- what do you reckon about that? Why would she tell them that mm. that's where the money was buried and then his body was there? It's almost like it was an excuse as to why there was a hole dug and a concrete poured over the top, I think. Okay. Seems like she's putting herself in it. Yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, it's on her property, so she's already in it, right? Yeah. I mean, she says that they had a land survey done and it showed that a trench was dug sort of under the concrete coming in from the side. So this shows that someone at some point after the concrete's been poured has gone up and underneath the concrete. So that fits, you know, if that's the case, that fits with what she's saying about whoever killed Abraham has gone in, got the money and put his body in its place. Okay. So the suggestion is, you know, that that is exactly what's happened is that someone has found out about Abraham's money. They have gone in they have dug it up they've stolen it and they have put him in its place so i don't know discuss (laughs) who (laughs) who did he tell would he be stupid enough well uh, yeah probably um i don't know i do not get the innocent vibe from her at all i don't know there's just too many flags pointing towards her it's all very convenient like she's the unlucky person in the world if she's innocent right yeah, most definitely. And if it's Just, true, it's pretty clever. Yeah. This story of I'm going to write a book about him. Yeah. I don't buy that. I mean, the whole thing is, sounds like something out of a murder mystery plot, really. Yeah, and a bad one at that. <laughs> yeah. What stands out to me is that while I can understand burying money, because some people, you know, whatever, some people do yeah. that. I know of old people that hide money in their house, they bury it in the backyard. Like, I, yeah, I totally get that some people do that. I don't get the concrete. That's kind of an extra level of difficulty. Yeah. 
I mean, it says that you don't want to access that money for a really long time, right? I mean, it's going to be a big deal to access it now. Yeah. So the official story is that Abraham was killed around the 7th of April. This is what the police said. And the concrete was then poured on the 13th. And they have evidence that it was poured on the 13th. So they're saying yeah. that the, the money was never put in there. It was just Abraham's body that was buried. Yeah. Um. Also, you know, whoever killed him knew about the money. So like you said, who knows? Who knows about this money? Yeah. Well, there were two people, two of Abraham's friends present at the time of the burying of the money apparently and Didi's ex-husband as well. So I feel like this proof she claims to have that he was still alive into May at least is really important because if we're going to say that we know that the, the concrete was poured on the 13th of, of April and then people are seeing him in May through August, then the concrete was not to hide his body. Like you have to say that, right? Yeah. So I think that any proof that we have that he was still alive actually becomes quite important in the story. I think that primarily the DNA tests, I mean, that should be a really hard piece of evidence. Like that's something that's coming from a lab that has no dog in the game, you know. It it says that the test was done on the 28th of April. So this is a couple of weeks after that concrete was poured. So then I have to ask, you know, what was what was her lawyers doing with that information? Because that's pretty compelling. It does turn out, though, that her lawyers did have this evidence, but she says that there were claims that the date was wrong. So they were saying, oh, no, you know, the report was falsified, the date was changed, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that would have been pretty easy to prove. Yeah. I mean, we know that, you know, lab machines, they, they have their own internal sort of date situation where you can pull up old records and stuff like that yeah and everything's got to be like stored for seven Mm. or whatever yeah exactly so either the evidence wasn't reliable or her defense was just really shit and I feel like listening to this whole thing I think that probably her defense was pretty shit yeah now Didi also says that she has Abraham's ex- a woman named Centoria, quite a, a surname, on tape, saying that he got the test results and that he had discussed them with her. So the results weren't available until May 20th. So yeah. she has Centoria on the record saying, oh, yeah, Abraham came to me and said that he really was the baby's father and he wasn't going to pay child support anyway. So that's pretty compelling as well, right, that he was alive at least into May. So everything else, the lying, the hiring of the fall guy, Everything that she's done because she fears for her life, you know, it makes her look really, really bad. But could it just be desperation? Could she really have actually feared for her life? Now, regarding the $50,000 that she's going to pay this fall guy, now there are undercover recordings of this deal, of course. Now, she asks if she can pay in installments because she doesn't actually have $50,000 on her. She says that she's going to have to sell something. So she just doesn't have the liquid assets at the time. And that gives me pause. That, I feel like that's important. So why, if she has stolen millions from Abraham, does she not have $50,000? What are your thoughts on that? Because she's just as bad as Abraham and blown it up the wall. Blowing through it, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, 50000 is not a lot in the grand scheme of things when you're dealing with millions. 
I don't know. Like, if she was guilty, wouldn't she just hand it over and want to be done with it? Like, having to yeah. sell stuff and get money together and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's a small detail, but I just feel like it's worth thinking about. I can't believe someone's going to take the fall for 50000 I know. Look, it's a world we don't live in, so it's really hard to conceive of any of this actually being a reality, but, like, yeah. apparently it is. Yeah. Dee Dee claims Greg is on sections of the tape that weren't presented at court that basically coerced her into hiring this guy. She reckons it was more a case of Greg going, no, no, you have to do this. Like, this yeah. is what's going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. She says that he tells her that the drug dealers are setting her up to take the blame for it. He also apparently gives details on how they're going to kill her, so he really does frighten her. Yeah. He also claims that police were actually involved, so it's like a corruption element there as well, Mm -hmm. uh, and that they were being paid off to make her the fall guy. So he says to her, I'll need a gun to give him, and she gives him a gun that she's owned for about 20 years, and she's under the impression that the serial numbers would be rubbed off. Now, regarding this gun, in the media, it's claimed that it was the murder weapon. And this is one of the things that sealed the deal for her. So, you know, she killed him with it and then she was going to give it to the fall guy so that, you know, it went along with the crime. Yeah. So he claims, though, that the gun was never actually matched to the bullets that killed Abraham. But again, is Dee Dee bullshitting or is her defense really shitty? Because that's massive, right? Like, that's a huge thing. So we just don't know. Is that the case or is it not? So I don't know. I just sort of am still sort of in the guilty camp. I don't know. What are you thinking at this point? Yes, I'm just in the guilty camp. Yeah, I just, nothing's really. I'm just not vibing with this chick. Yeah. So, you know, what do we have that backs up Dee Dee's story is what I want to know. Because, you know, she's got a completely different story to the official narrative. Well, we have the recording. She's the only one with this story, really. Yeah, that's it. But so, we do have the recordings, though. So, you know, all these recordings that she made over the years, and they do seem to support the fact that Abraham had lent a lot of people a lot of money. Now, whether this was so he could live off loan payments or just because he was a nice guy and couldn't say no, I don't know. It could be either, really. There is one recording between Dee Dee and Centoria, Abraham's ex, where she speaks of knowing Abraham had not only lent heaps of money out, but that people kept on coming back for more. Centauri would go on to testify that that recording was staged and she was saying what Dee Dee had coached her to say. The recordings of Abraham do confirm that he was in fear of his life though and he was really very worried about it. Dee Dee also has a recording of Centauri talking about how Abraham had got the paternity test back and, you know, like we were saying, this was well into May. So this seems to support Dee Dee's claims, right, that he was still, you know, I think if, it, if anything it supports is that he was still alive in May. Yeah. So thoughts on all of this, like how does that fit? Can she still be guilty and he still be alive after the concrete was poured? Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different story though, isn't it, really? Yeah. Maybe she was the one that stole the money. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she has these recordings and they do seem to back up her story somewhat. I mean, it certainly gives me pause. I mean, you've got to hear it, don't you? Like, you've got to see both yeah. sides. Yeah. I mean, it really does look like that concrete was poured before he was dead, which is something that we can't ignore. Yeah, so, but then someone apparently dug out a trench and put his body underneath and the money was gone. Who's to say it wasn't her? 
Exactly. So it, they could have like her story could actually be true in that they buried the money, and then she's gone and got the money out and put like she could be the one that did that. And they can trace money, so like yeah, she wouldn't pay the fall guy with the money that he mm-hmm. had won, right? That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I feel like the money is a real sticking point to me. Like, let's just talk about the burying of it. So you're burying the money. You've got witnesses, right? We we do have a recording of Dee Dee talking to Abraham about wanting to bury the money. So we know that that's what he wanted to do. So we know what was on the cards. There are also recordings of discussions between drug people about how Dee Dee's life is in danger. So I feel like the drug dealer narrative, like there is something valid to it. So if all these recordings really do back her story up, why weren't they used at trial? Like, I don't understand, like, why it wasn't presented at trial. Well, some were, some weren't. Dee Dee says that the other recordings went missing at the time, which, again, is just adding another layer of what to this? Yes. She has them all now, though, so she's managed to get hold of them and is trying to get a retrial at the moment. So, so yeah, anyway. Let's let's just break it all down and summarise. <clears throat> Dee Dee says, Abraham was in fear of his life. We have proof of this. We know that he was. And, you know, as I said, I don't dispute this. I'm, I'm sure all the vultures were circling. You know, he was a guy giving away money, so I'm sure that yeah. that attracts a lot of crazy people. Yeah. The drug dealer element is strange, and clearly we have evidence that they were a concern for both Abraham and Dee Dee. But... Do we buy that Abraham lent drug dealers millions thinking they were going to pay it back? I don't know. This is a bit harder to believe. What do you think? No. I just don't know. Yeah. Nope. I mean, I don't know what sort of realm Abraham's IQ was in. He. I don't think it was very high, but I feel like. He's obviously confided in Dee Dee a lot. Mm. So wouldn't she advise him not to do this? It's bizarre, isn't it? And also yeah. quite often people that aren't educated are, are street smart. Like it's not one of the, you know, being yeah. uneducated doesn't mean you're in, uh, unintelligent. And it sounds like he grew up on the streets and, you know, he was streetwise that way, but he was also giving away money. So it was like, you know. Yeah, but you can be street smart and then still do stupid things especially if it comes to money when you've never had money yeah exactly never had money you don't know how to deal with money true i just can't see anyone thinking it's a good idea to involve drug dealers and just hope for the best you know i just don't know but to continue now abraham disappears and there seems to be no hard evidence of him being alive uh as far as like bank transactions and proof of life and that sort of thing after april 7th He could have been operating in cash, though. We don't know. And he wasn't seen at home or in his neighbourhood. Well, he had talked about going away and laying low for a bit. I think trusting an elderly mama's gospel that she saw him in May could be argued on, depending on her mental state. You know, did she have dementia or that sort of thing? However, the one solid bit of evidence here for me is the DNA test. You can't dispute that. He was still alive at the end of April, at least. And then we have Centuria talking about how she discussed the paternity test with him, which didn't, and those results didn't come until the end of May. So I think to me it's possible that he did die after the end of May. Um, so after the concrete was poured. However, that doesn't necessarily mean Dee Dee's innocent though, right? No. 
this is just so confusing. There's just too many. He might have been seen here. Maybe he was. Maybe there was a blood test. Maybe there was this. Then there was some drug dealers. Then he was buried and then he wasn't. And then someone who unburied him unburied him. That doesn't sound like good English. <laughs> Dug him up. I don't know. I just unburied him. I like the word unburied. I'm going with it. Um, it's just it's just too it's too complicated. Mm. It's a lot, like a lot going on here for sure. Yeah, and it's too complicated and too convenient. Yeah. I don't know how you can have complicated and convenient together, but that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I do not get the innocent vibe from her. Yeah, and she's I feel like generally I'm pretty good. I'm pretty yeah, realistic. Yeah. I'm pretty open-minded. I don't like this chick. No, she seems really shady. Yes. Yeah, and all of her claims of of innocence go to the fact that she's setting up two things. One, that Abraham was alive after the concrete was poured, yeah. and then that they were both fearful of people coming after them. And I feel like both those things could be true. Yeah. It sounds as though he was still alive after the concrete was poured, and it sounds as though they were both fearful of people coming to kill them. So firstly, she says that they have a land survey saying that that trench was dug up the side of the slab and money was taken out and, you know, she says the body was put in. I don't know. I think that's possible. I think that maybe Abraham did bury his money there. We we know that he was talking about it. And do you need to break through a concrete slab to get to the money? No, you can dig alongside of it as somebody did. I mean, we know it's possible. So it's really neither here nor there as far as her innocence goes because it's something that anyone could have done. Other people knew about the money too. They, we have at least three other people that were present when these this money was getting buried. So it really just leaves the possibilities wide open, I think. I mean, if you are someone who knows that someone has buried a million dollars in the ground, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are happy to go and dig it back up again, you know? Like I just feel like that's a silly thing to do to let other people know about it. For me, the key to this case is staring us right in the face and that is the question, that what would Abraham and Dee, Dee into? I don't buy that she latched onto him because and paid his bills and everything because she was writing a nope. book. No, 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 no. Do not buy it at all. no. What I can hypothesize, though, is that she had heard of this guy who had lost nearly all of his money and came up with a plan to help him get some back. Why the introduction of the drug dealers? Well, again, I don't buy that he lent them money. I mean, that's just so basic common sense not to do, you know. What I can buy, though, is that he bought some sort of product and looked to start a drug business or looked to use it all. So. Yeah. Did Dee Dee see a guy with just enough money to get a good business going with connections to crime and likely crime individuals and offered to help him out with the daily living expenses while they got their new business off the ground? Because I don't see lending someone hundreds of thousands of dollars unless you know you're getting it back, you mm -hmm. know? And are you getting it back from book sales? No, <laughs> that's too no. risky. Might have a flop for a book. But do we have a situation where we're starting up a new drug business? He's got just enough money left to start getting a little bit of product and that's what they're going to do. So Yeah, that makes more sense than any of the other stuff that she's talked about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Dee, Dee but your story just sounds really full of shit. I don't know. She just says no. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like 
whatever she's selling, I'm not buying. Yeah. So anyway, final thoughts. Sorry, Dee. Computer says no. Yeah, I'm not buying your story, lady. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure whether she personally killed him. Probably not. Maybe she didn't. Okay, look, maybe she didn't. Maybe, oh, look, maybe she actually didn't kill him, but Mm. she is not innocent in any of this. No, I don't think so. No. No, I don't. Maybe she shouldn't be taking the fall. Maybe she didn't kill him, but I still don't think that she is innocent and I still don't buy any of her story. No. I think they were making some sort of dodgy deals. Yes. Um, you know, maybe even in those couple of months that Abraham sort of was laying low between April and May, maybe he went off and just had a big bender and used up all their product, you know. Maybe. And, you know, or maybe they took over someone's territory or something like that. or Yeah. Or maybe someone just knew that he had a million dollars buried in someone's yard, you know. Yeah. There's no smoking gun in this case, I don't think, so to speak, but. There is a lot to say about Dee Dee and, and absolutely she's lying about some things. Yeah. Um, she has been granted an evidentiary hearing though. So, you know, we'll see what comes of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying a case. I, I just really. I'm just not buying a case, but hey, time will tell. Maybe we're time, wrong. Yeah, maybe time will tell. Yeah. She's pretty adamant that she's innocent, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think she's probably quite a smart woman. She sounds as though, you know, she's quite intelligent and, Sometimes with those intelligent people, they feel as though they can talk their way out of anything. Yeah. They feel like if they just talk enough and try and present you with enough stuff that you'll actually just sort of go, all right, then, yeah, okay, that sounds convincing. But yeah, to me, they had gotten into something that was a little bit over their heads and something yeah. went wrong. Um, probably picking someone as your business partner who had a history with uh, dodginess. Yeah. Wasn't the best move. Probably wasn't so smart after all, Dee Dee. No. As a sidebar, after this case, there were there became a new law saying that people didn't have to disclose their lotto winnings anymore. So up until this point, if you won lotto, your face was all over the newspaper. People knew who you were, you know. That's ridiculous. And, yeah, but now you don't have to tell people if you don't want to. So something came out of this case, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Anything to add? No. Nope. No, I Don't think buy it at all. Pretty clear cut. Yeah. But everyone, are we wrong? Let us know. Is there anything else that you know? What do you reckon? Come and check us out on socials and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.